Hey, I released uh, new songs on Bandcamp. But oh my god! Hold on, let's clap. You ready? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it on the pod. Come on, you ready? One, two, three. One, two. Hi, welcome to It Rocks or It Sucks. My name is Carl Kuhn, but enough about me. Becca High just told me that she released new music on Bandcamp today, oh and then she God. told me not to talk about it on the pod. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the shortest snippet of like, uh, it's all the things I recorded during one riff a day for oh, January. Um, so it doesn't make any sense, but. I had to get them off of my mind and uh, move on from that chapter of my life. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm like, I, I am excited to listen. Wow. I hope other listeners are excited to listen as well. It's entirety. There's only seven tracks and I think it's like less than five minutes <laughs> altogether. A, a Joyce Manor LP. I can't wait to listen. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, enough about us. I feel like if you're listening to this app, you probably are not entering the pod today. I think you probably... My name is Carl Kuhn. You may know me from Museum Mouth, Gay Meat, and my slight involvement with Say Anything. And I'm Becca High. Um, I actually hate the color green. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best impression of your random fact. Blasphemy. I had one ready to go because something very unique happened yesterday. And I looked out my window and saw a man riding a unicycle up our street. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever ridden a unicycle? No. It's incredibly hard. My mom... This is so cute. My mom actually got me one for Christmas probably when I was like 15, 14 or 15. And I remember trying really, really, really hard to get good at it. But it's just I don't have the balance for it. I like learned through the unicycle that um, I don't really like walk with a lot of balance either. And that I'm really easily pushed. So my center of gravity is not it's really low. I think it's actually in my ankles. I I don't know anything about all of that um but like it's easy to ride a bike without any hands yeah so that's you like, think it'd be easy to ride a unicycle i yes i agree with you i but agree with you there's only one wheel to balance on i rode my bike past two kids the other day i if i had to guess they're probably like 12 13 um i rode my bike past them the other day and i was looking at my phone and i was riding no handed and they said how are you doing that? And then I like had to think about it. I was like, actually, how am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I made it around the entire block riding my bike without any hands. And I felt so accomplished. Dude, taking a sharp turn, no handed, literally the biggest adrenaline rush known to mankind. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, my stomach is making so many noises. Well, if you must excuse yourself, you absolutely know you can do that anytime. Oh, I just heard that one. <laughs> when, like, I was sitting here at whenever I texted you, and I had been yeah. sitting here for like a full minute just hearing all my stomach sounds on the mic and just being like... <laughs> It's, it's constant oh my god she's singing so today. listeners if there's like weird noises happening that is simply my stomach and um 
I'm busy, so I don't want to have to go in and like single-handedly edit them out. <laughs> it it's like the third. It's our guest on the pod. It's like my today. We're actually joined by an iconic guest, <laughs> and that is Becca's stomach noises. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's get into it. Okay. Well, today we are actually gathered here on Zoom to discuss um an album. An album called Album by a band called Girls. And before we dig into this too much, I just want to say that since the beginning of 2021, we will now be talking about one of my third favorite albums of all time. Like if there was like a top five, we've now talked about three of those records, which is just gaggy. What are the other two? Portamento by The Drums and Intimacy by Block Party. Oh my God album by girls is in the third spot and then there's definitely a lemuria full length in there somewhere and an incubus full length in there somewhere but the numbers are arbitrary but that's all just to say that i love this fucking album becca what about you same uh it came out in 2009 so carl do you remember where you were in your life at this time I actually do. Um, I remember my intro to this band was actually through Graham, Becca's older brother, who one day we will have on the pod. He had posted about the um, the NSFW version of the Lust for Life video. And I remember just being like, oh, okay, like, I'll watch this. Like, I trust Graham's taste. Like, we're going to college together. You know, like, I love him. I'm, like, trying to actively get him to join a band with me. I'm teaching him how to play guitar. Like, I'm curious. So I watched it, and it literally, I, like, jokingly now say that 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 video, like, forced me out of the closet because it was, like, the first piece of, like, very gay media that I was, like, I'm obsessed with this. Mm -hmm. This song rocks. This band seemingly rocks. This video is amazing. It's just, like, it was, like, someone dropped a bomb on me. Yeah, I was thinking about the video and watched it last night but I was like I thought this was way more NSFW than I remember but now that you mentioned it, it's like oh yeah there was that version mm-hmm. there's two versions famously one lives on YouTube and one lives on Vimeo oh yeah um the like the peachy version is like good too it's really fun I feel like there's like such a there's such a uh an air about this record there's like a like youthful joyous blissful fun maybe drug fueled like sort of like adrenaline rush that this album very accurately conveys in its four walls and i'm a big fan of that i'm and i'm voguing and i'm a big fan of that (laughs) um uh, yeah listening to this album just makes me it it's it's fun it makes me happy but it also makes me sad for just like nostalgia and uh you know being young and carefree and not having fucking bills to pay and responsibility like real responsibilities um it makes me sad for that time but like goddamn, this record is such a mood yeah i literally sometimes when i listen to this record i like the flashbacks to like the time and place that i first absorbed it are so visceral it like it truly does like make me spiral in a way that's like i'm so out of touch with that version of myself and that version of myself was having so much fun obviously it's like through like uh um i'm like viewing it through like a idealistic you know nostalgic haze but like i just life is so 
different now. So much time has gone by. It's like truly jarring. Yeah. It's crazy to think that I once was into going out and having fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Famously, um, I think probably at my peak of being obsessed with this record um, was when a bunch of my, like, my, like, super super tight core group of friends for like that summer slash winter time um we all did mushrooms at dylan's house but dylan wasn't there and we he had like he lived in like a crofter behind his mom's house so there's like probably six or seven of us and we all did shrooms and then like an hour into tripping i put this record on and then we only listened to this record for the rest of the night so like to me it's like such a like there's like a pin, like I could literally walk up to a map and like pin it on there and be like, this is where I was when this happened. And it's such a big deal. It's like literally mapping like the fallout of like a bomb being like, this is like all the surrounding area that I associate with this, these, however many songs, 12, 13 songs, like time in a place, like literally like go like WandaVision vibes, like literally go into my brain and pick out that time and we time travel to it. That's how visceral it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh mine isn't that specific but same ish i guess um so do you want to talk about some reviews yeah go off queen <laughs> so all i have is like the the pitchfork review uh mm-hmm. it got a 9.1 was part of their best new music tom brahan i'm not sure how to pronounce his last name uh He's the one who wrote the Pitchfork review, and it's very good. Uh, the first sentence had me shook because I had no idea about Christopher Owens growing, being born into a cult. Oh, you didn't know about the Children of God stuff? No, I had no idea, and I was like, what? Like, yeah. after reading and doing research on him, I want him to write a fucking memoir so bad. I would... <laughs> I would pre-order that shit immediately. Like, it sounds like he has had the most interesting, chaotic life. It's crazy. Most most definitely. We were like, my core group of friends at the time, we were all super obsessed with this band and like the story and the lore of this band. Christopher Owens was like one of the first like musicians that like we were all actively like, how do we get more information on this guy? Like, I want to know everything about him. His story is like literally wild. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I love, I'm so, I'm gagged that you didn't know that. I love that you found that out reading this. Yeah, (laughs) which is, um, you know that uh, Adrian Lankletter, I I don't know if that's her last name, from Big Big Thief. Thief. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she was also born into a cult. I did not know that. Yeah, so just a little interesting fun fact but going back to the review basically what you're saying what you're not saying but you're saying is that in order to get best new music on pitchfork you have to be born into a cult (laughs) i'm fucked um (laughs) i i'm sure that's not uh a favorable thing though (laughs) i'm gonna be the first former employee to get best new music on pitchfork you can bleep that out we're gonna bleep that out uh but tom brahan went on to write the 10-year anniversary review for stereo gum and that i highly recommend reading that it is yeah very good 
I think I definitely did. I think I followed Tom on my old Twitter account, and then I like I associate his name with Stereo Gum. I was going to say that when you first mentioned his name, but I didn't want to be like, "Well, I think it's this," because it's like <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know. Actually, I don't know shit. I yeah, just look no. at my little phone all he day. He wrote for Pitchfork before Stereo Gum, I think. Okay. But, well, hell yeah. yeah. I also only dug into the Pitchwork review because I remember like reading it and like actively being like, this is so cool. And these are like amazing points about the music. Mm-hmm. I, it's cool. It's like a perfect this. I feel like this review like kind of fell during that like Pitchfork like Volta where it stopped being like snarky, dumb, fucking whatever you want to call it. Yeah absurdist fake music reviews and like started actually being about uh the music god fucking yeah maybe it depends on the writer too but i think tom brahan is just a good writer because it's like the review itself is succinct and to the point and like just perfectly reviews it and then the 10 year anniversary one it's like even better um Mm -hmm. This was sort of one of those bands, before we dig into the track listing, this was sort of one of those bands that was so big for me that, like, as music, like, kind of, like, in, like, the three to five years after this record, it felt, like, to me as a fan, using this as a reference point, it felt like a lot of artists were trying to kind of capture this emotion and kind of, like, harping heavily off of, like, the sound palette that was going on with this album. And it was really off-putting to me because I was like, it has already been done perfectly like you literally could not have made a better version of like this sound of a Mm -hmm. record so i definitely like went into like a lot of those like 60s sort of like doo-woppy like three chord surf rocky blog rock bands like getting hype i definitely approached all of them with like a really like kind of already jaded like pov just being like this has already been done and it was done perfect why would you do it like yeah. what's gonna make you different it's like literally like drag race being on season 13 where it's like okay every queen says that they should just win like what makes you different like i, I finally got to watch a new episode of drag race live because i signed up for youtube tv for the free trial just to watch uh the Australian Open and uh, <laughs> hell yeah and uh, finally got to watch it was the musical episode the um, social media the unverified musical yeah um, oh that means you got to see two of my absolute favorite queens suck ass who were who were they Simone and Candy oh, I love yeah. them yeah. They looked they looked gorgeous on the runway though in those yellow looks. I was like gagged. I was like Simone Simone always looks like effortlessly like cool and gorge, but like Candy was just like she looked like an angel. I was like, oh my god, she's so pretty. Yeah. Anyways. But that's cool. I love that. <laughs> if you want to get really exciting. Um, yes, 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 yes. Uh maybe I'll I don't know. I was gonna say I have a cable login if you want it. All right, let's dive in. <laughs> all, all right. Uh, yes. So, uh, album by Girls opens with an iconic first track. It happens to be called Lust for Life. Oh, Becca, can you name a better opening track than this? I cannot. I, I also, also cannot. said it was iconic. I mean, this song on repeat forever. For the rest of my life 
I wish I had a boyfriend. I wish I had a pizza and a bottle of wine. Although pizza and wine together these days gives me major heartburn. So more just like <laughs> pizza, maybe some beer. But, you know, those who do not experience acid reflux can totally indulge in that. It is so good. What show was this on? This was like on like skins or something oh i don't know anything about that i meant to google it before we actually started this um tell me your thoughts carl well i was just gonna say um i was just gonna say i've probably listened to this song i i like literally don't even i don't even know i have probably listened to the song in the millions of times okay i'm i while I started brainstorming this, I googled my my last FM account, which stopped scrabbling in probably 2010. Um, Hold on, I'm and- gonna sneeze. Okay, it went away. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> and at that time, "Lust for Life" by Girls was my most scrabbled song. When this stopped working in 2010, in October of 2010, that was my most listened to song. So. Um, yeah, I just literally love this song. <laughs> I like that there's not real drums. I like that it's not like a real drum track. It's like a lot of percussion, some snare hits. Um, I think that's like always a cool and interesting thing. And then when the band like plays this live, like famously, there's that Pitchfork live vid where they play it on the rooftop. And it's like a perfect two and a half minute long rock song with like a lot of cool different drum parts and rhythms i think garrett goddard is the person who is credited with playing drums on most of these songs i think he played in the live band for a while he's just like a very captivating drummer to watch i like love and that's just that's solely talking about this song in a live setting because like this song on the record is a lot different i think the little melodica solo is amazing i think christopher owen's doing his best boy george drag in the music video for that part is really becoming and cute i think every single lyric in this song is flawless i am this song is the blueprint for all songs yeah i am really trying to find where else where this song has appeared in media and television or i know for sure it was on some show but it's not showing me anything there is this crazy screenshot of this buff Superman <laughs> USB cable that I okay. must send you. Yeah, I was going to say screenshot that. We'll post on the IG. <laughs> Where it was like an MTV show. Um, no. Want to help a girl out? <laughs> I just don't. Do you want me to Google? I don't know. I I'm like- have been Googling and I can't find it. And it's going to drive me crazy. Well, now when you Google Lust for Life, a lot of it is... Um, a lot of it is Lana Del Rey. Mm. Yeah, I don't... Girl, I'm... Well, how about we talk about... Why don't we get to the bottom of that... Mm. After the pod. It's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> um, okay, I need to move on from... This song literally fucks. This song fucks so hard. It literally... The song has never known virginity. The song <laughs> was born fucking. 
Yeah, it's perfect. Oh, flawless song. Okay, so track two on album by girls is a song called Laura. Becca, what do you think about Laura? The drums are very jazzy. Um, mm-hmm. the in- That's Mr. Garrett Goddard for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the instrumentals feel very old-timey to me, like very high school 50s sock hop i was literally about we were about to jinx on the word sock hop the first time two people ever say something perfectly in unison on zoom it was going to be you and i on the pod saying the word sock Sock hop hop we call guinness book of records immediately after we that's like that reminds me of the time we played pictionary and oxtail soup oxtail soup (laughs) oxtail soup yes i think about that all the if there's ever been proof of a psychic connection between two people it was oxtail soup i mean like (laughs) i mean come on now (laughs) sometimes i think about like my life in terms of accomplishments and i'm like god i just actually fucking suck i've done nothing and then i remember the time that someone drew a tiny cup and started drawing what looked like an animal's tail. And I was like, oxtail soup. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that's right. I'm actually so cool and good at things. Of all things that are erased from my memory, that has stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and the time that's... that we were playing uh, charades at Dylan's and Graham got gargoyles and I guessed it. <laughs> Did he do any motions whatsoever? I think he was like sitting perched on And instantly something. you were like gargoyles. And I was like gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like literally so funny to think about how we would entertain ourselves before iPhones. What was the what was the game we like our go-to game we would play at Dylan's where you like drew some uh, okay. involved, a piece well, of paper? We always referred to it as, like, our own version of Pictionary. But essentially, someone would write a sentence on, like, the top of a piece of paper and fold it, like, a million times. And then they'd pass it to their, like, left or right. And the next person would have to draw a picture of that sentence. And then the next person would look at the drawing and write what they thought it was. Yeah. And then it, like, went around, like, a complete circle. And once you got yours again, you unfolded it. And it was, like... How fun! It was like I was like picture telephone vibes or something like that. Really fun game. I mean, see, like you can't help but go down a nostalgia rabbit hole with this record, you know? You really <laughs> it it is in there. It, it like literally, it's like a cat's tongue. It's like all sharp and it just like stuck itself to like <laughs> that era of my life, and you can't get it off. It's like Velcro. Uh. Anyways, back to the the song Laura sock hop uh when the backing vocals come in it sort of just solidifies that whole sound idea um Mm -hmm. and then there's that breakdown that's just like dreamy vibes with the guitar solo and it feels very Beatles to me that specific moment it's very it reminds me of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds yeah it has Sgt. Pepper vibes the house down it's crazy it's so pretty though and for years this is like literally I'm gonna talk about this with every song but like for years after i became a fan of this band and this song whenever a band would like end a song with like a pretty delayed guitar jam i'd be like fuck you like grow (laughs) up Uh, do something else you're not gonna write a song better than laura sorry queens yeah this Um, song is amazing i deeply love the song i believe this song ended up being a single i don't think it was first or second single but i i feel like maybe third single off this record mm. 
Um, it has single energy. It's so the chorus is so the lyrics are so like Christopher Owens at, at this junction of his songwriting was just so like straight to the point like you like as a narrator you couldn't help but side with him there was like enough like I hate to say like self-deprecation but there was like an awareness of like who he was and like what he needed and he writes from that perspective so well mm-hmm You've been a bitch. I've been an ass. I don't want to point the finger. I just know I don't like it. I don't want to do this. I was listening to this record this morning and that line happened. And I was like, man, like that is so well balanced. (laughs) It really is. He has that self-awareness to be like, you've been a bitch, but I'm going to follow it up with, yeah, I've been an ass. And then, like, towards the end of that same verse, he says, uh, what can I do? What should I do? Is it too late? I just want to say I'm sorry, and I hope that you listen. It's like, "Ah, Chris! (laughs) (laughs) Like, apology accepted. I'm obsessed with him. He's so cool. He's 41 now. Time be flying. Do, Do you know if he still lives in San Francisco? I have truly no idea. I know, um... I know some friends saw him probably in, if I had to guess, in 2016, 2015 at Cat's Cradle touring for solo stuff. Um, and of, of course, he like played a bunch of girls songs. But I know that a couple of them like spent like a second or two talking to him and said that he was incredibly sweet, incredibly like down to earth, funny, happy people came to the show, which is like so like to be like to just be that artist that like had such an insane peak out the get go and then like just like continue to tour like into your career and continue to make records and stuff that's just like so he's just like a, a guy just a normal guy mm-hmm. and a cool guy we love him yeah chrissy baby yeah i i love this song i think the song is amazing i think the song rocks yeah laura the song rocks before you move to the east coast you should try and track him down he's cool we should have him on the pod let's get chris oh Rose God, on the pod yeah pod goals oh my god i die i would be gagged on my like my my claim that i am not starstruck ever it would be foiled at least for a couple minutes up front just hopping on a zoom call with him being like hi like 19 year old me was obsessed with you (sighs) and 30 year old me is just sad okay track three Track three is a little song called Ghost Mouth. Uh, it's kind of our first mid-tempo jam. The record opens with two bops, and then this is our first kind of like... It's the Be My Baby beat, really. It, the drum beat. Yeah. This song is a musical. <laughs> like the, If there was like a, a sad stoner breakup jam in Listen, Greece, it would be this song. I mean, when I was listening to it last night, I could see it. All of these songs have such a visual to them for me. Where I'm like, yeah, this song is very much like I've got nothing to do and nobody to see, nowhere to go and nobody to be. I'm on a ghost train and a ghost cloud and I don't know how to get out and get into heaven. And well, just it- to keep the bit alive, I was going to say, and I had a beautiful girl, a musical dream. She wanted all she didn't want me. Literally, like the stage directions, like, I had a beautiful girl. Turn to uh, yeah. your right, put your hands <laughs> up, imagine her face. A musical dream. Yeah, and it's then- very that. 
adding on to that, now I'm a ghost man in a ghost town. And I just wish I could get out and get into heaven. You make the same motion that you did when you were imagining your the girl you lost over your right shoulder, but you do it with both hands and you look up for the heaven line. <laughs> Literally, let's direct this play. Okay, and then in a go- I like the bad boys and the big town and the spotlight goes to like a group of men in leather jackets. I was going to say, they got to be wearing leather jackets. And with a city backdrop. I like the bad bands and their big sounds. <laughs> it's like a band on stage, like, rocking yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. This song literally... Also, famously, I did get dragged on the pod once for calling musicals plays, so I just want to backtrack at 30 seconds and say, we should direct this musical, not a play. I'm Whoever just doing that for, you is a fucking I, nerd. A loser! <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I keep, I keep. Uh, gotta yeah, quit staying home. Gotta get out of here. Get out of here. And then like that changes it. Like it changes up there. It yeah. just hasn't been home. I knew, oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> what are your this, thoughts? <laughs> I, literally, I don't even know. I... With a lot of this record, it's like, I feel like anyone who's ever spent more than five minutes around me in person has heard me talk about this record. I literally feel like I've said everything I've ever needed to say about this record in person to someone at some point in time. But um, for the sake of the pod, I'll try and give some commentary. I think the song rocks. Uh, um, I think... In terms of, like, favorite songs, like, if I was going to tier... I love this record so much, I will literally tier these songs from, like, favorite to least favorite. This one's, like, in the middle to the lower third for me, but, like, it is still so unbelievably good. That's right. They love a guitar solo. Yeah, and and in this play, you know, someone throws him a guitar, and it's like... (laughs) And then he has background dancers, and they're doing... Very, it's very La La Land shit going on. Okay, I guess. never I saw that. I always make a joke jokes about La La Land. Like my friend, we were talking, and he's like, "I'm like really getting into jazz lately." I was like, "Oh, you should watch La La Land." <laughs> 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 I literally the last movie I will ever see if I literally if I started today trying to watch every movie the very last one I'd watch before I died would be La La Land okay I will just watch any movie that has Ryan Gosling in it just to look at Ryan Gosling that's fair unfortunately he doesn't do it for me anymore I like <gasps> men that are much more scary looking <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think Ghost Mouth I by only girls. watch things with Steve Buscemi in them now. No, it's not that. It's not that type of scary. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. Poor Steve. I like saw like someone was tweeting about like young Steve Buscemi pics the other day, and he's like honestly hot. Yeah, he it's was a handsome like, fella. He still is. It's unfortunate when someone. I would like. Li- I like literally fear that if I ever have any sort of star power, any sort of public name, and like clout that like someday I'll be labeled as like the ugly guy no that's a it's not Steve Buscemi it's Paul Giamatti takes that title of like people switching back and forth between like thinking he's hot and thinking he's ugly (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna google because right now nothing's coming to mind oh he's cute (laughs) facial hair serves him really well 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about this. Um, Paul Giamatti, if you're listening, you can come on the pod. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Okay, um, ghost mouth. It rocks. That's just like one away from museum mouth. <laughs> one word away. Wow. <laughs> Coinkadink? <laughs> no, we stole our band name from a Cap'n Jazz song. Or I guess, yes, it is a coincidence. It's not a conspiracy because we stole our name from Cap'n Jazz. Yeah, Ghost Mouth rocks. All right. Track four is a song called God Damned. Uh, I, I love this song. What are you going to say? Surprise. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I never knew that the opening line was obsession is my favorite drug what'd you think it was i don't i never looked it up or thought anything because i i just sometimes i'm just like i don't really care about the lyrics um, she's at peace with not knowing yeah obsession yeah. is my favorite drug um i know i just can't get enough i love this song this song this is how this feels like the thesis for like my dating life where I like I don't care about anyone or anything forever and ever and ever I go through long bits where I'm like I don't know actually men everyone repulses me stay away but then when I find <laughs> someone I fixate on them like this is what it feels like where it's just like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be evil because I know that's wrong but I will be annoying <laughs> 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 I love this song. Oh man, yeah, it's it's it sounds so different the way mm-hmm. it's recorded. Everything seems very far away, and everything's also it, acoustic in this song. Like yes, even the drums are. Hand there's drums. no there's no real bass. I don't think it's like all hand drum, acoustic guitar, like some sound effects and vibra slap. Yeah, vibra slap. Oh yes. God. The cake sound. I found the best fucking video with a, a percussion how to vibra slap with Mark Shelton. We'll see if you can hear this. Scribe bang the tape. Is he Australian? I don't think. Wait, hold on. No. (laughs) I love that you just literally played one second of audio where he goes, Vibra Slap. (laughs) And you throw your headphones back on. (laughs) The Vibra Slap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love the lyric, give me the chance and I'll blow your top. Just let me in and I'll never stop. Yeah, the pop sound. You're so good at that. I do it all the time for my nephew because he loves it. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Um, There's like echo on that little too. It's so good. <gasps> Just give me and I'll blow your top. I love this song. Yeah. Also, I like I've been going through this personal crisis recently where it's like I realized that I have um this guy this concept kind of like wax and wanes in my like writing in my music writing, my discography, but I've realized that I've like waned away from writing choruses 
and songs like this like give me hope where it's like this song is unbelievably catchy like this song feels like all chorus to me but there's like no like the real actual i guess the real actual chorus is just like when the guitar does the, like little breakdown thing like every few measures it's like you don't need like a banger chorus no i just sometimes i red pill myself into thinking that you need a banger chorus and this this song specific this album in general makes me it gives me hope yeah i love this song i think goddamned by girls rocks it goddamned rocks <laughs> Slay. Okay. Track five is a song called Big Bad Mean Motherfucker. Wow. Becca, how do you feel about this song? The ultimate surfer rock high school musical moment. <laughs> uh, this song makes me think about this era of music. And the first band that came to mind was Best Coast. And how this sort of surfer rock sound became really popular and everyone was just trying to recreate the Beach Boys pet sounds or whatever but um and I looked into it because I was like well when did the only place come out and that came out in 2012 but what was recorded in 2010 and I'm just wondering like why where did that influence originate Well, I think that there was kind of, like, from my POV on that trend, it's like there had kind of been, like, a bubbling up of garage rock, like, leading up to that. Like, we had artists like No Bunny. We had, like, Ariel Pink. Rest in peace. Um, (laughs) And uh, we just had, like, there was, like, a, a trend, like, on the West Coast specifically of, like, garage rock, like, making a return. Like, King Tough. Like, that whole, like, burger record scene, like, kind of had, like, a boom like in that time period in my mind and that is like a gateway into like pet sounds sounds where it's like okay i don't want to write a two chord rock song that's like 200 bpm like i want to explore like the other sounds from like this era and like this lifestyle like to me like the garage rock to like beach boys like aesthetic pipeline is like a lifestyle like you know am i crazy for thinking that it just Maybe it's just writing from, like, a rural North Carolina perspective, but, like, there is, like, literally, like, imagery that goes along with that that, to me, felt like was at its peak during this time. California. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I feel like it may be a little different for you now that you literally live there and have been a citizen <laughs> of that state for years, but, like... Um, well, no, because I just... it. Um... It would require me to actually do more research as to how this and why this sound became so popular in the that time period of 2009, 9, 12, etc. Yeah, I don't, I, I, obviously there were things like leading up to like the OC and like having bands like Rooney on where Rooney's like essentially like larping as men from the 60s with like long hair middle part vibes like you know like i i don't know it's like it was a weird i feel like phantom planet kind of maybe like started that by just like literally being like the gap band and then like there's like a weird turn towards like american americana traditional vibes west coast vibes i don't fucking I don't know. Now it's like if you're not wearing something like reflective or something made of metal, then you're like not fitting the aesthetic. And I like that. So, what do you think about Big Bad Mean Motherfucker? 
I think this is my least favorite song on this record just because, like, again, I feel like there was a lot of garage rock happening at this time. Um, but I like I like Christopher Owen's, like, vantage point on it, where this feels, like, goofier than, like, a lot. And that's, like, funny to say with, like, an artist, like, no bunny, like, in the sentence before this. But it's, like, his, his POV feels, like, goofier to me. Like, literally writing about, like, having a high school crush on a California girl, singing about like having an ice cream cone this like, is like just... another musical this <laughs> is this whole i mean this is just the next act yeah he's campy he's incredibly campy mm-hmm. just the phrase make you a believer i'm a big bad mean motherfucker is i'm like gonna funny. rock like no one ever told me to stop <laughs> zach efron with a long blonde wig on <laughs> <laughs> you a believer, I'm a big bad me motherfucker. I think this song rocks. Yeah. It Again, rocks. it's it's like literally a rock song. One of like two big capital R rock songs on this record. It's good. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. goofy. At the very end, there's like a shutting down noise. And that Which is cool. perfectly leads us into Track six, Hellhole Rat Race. Uh, oh, did you know this was the first single off this record? I read that, yes. <laughs> I did not. I also read that, but did not know that leading up. <laughs> and um, I'm addicted to that concept. Becca takes a huge sip of water before she dives into this track. Um, gotta this, stay hydrated. This song to me is evergreen. It will never not be relatable. Like, you could literally be having the happiest day of your absolute life, um, and this song could, like, ground you and be like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Yes, I have felt that way, and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love this song. I think there's, like, there's like hope in this song, which is, like, really cool. It's funny you say that, because I said this is, like, we are the world, but for millennials. <laughs> It really is. Ah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, it's it's like a great ballad moment, but not not really a ballad. It's like, I guess it is. It's just a slow jam. Yeah, I mean, lighters in the air moment. I mean, what a mood. The song is me. The song was me. It it will always be me. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't want to cry. I started on the wrong note for my range for that, but um, um <clears throat> the reverb, ele- the reverby electric guitar that is happening during the chorus is absolute perfection. It's divine. Um, the the whatever that deep like bassy percussion is is so fucking good. You know what I'm talking about? It sounds yeah, like they're yeah. like big hit. It's like it to me. There's like it feels like there's almost like a timpani hit or something in here. Definitely a lot of effects on whatever it is that is getting hit. Yeah, um, and then like the, the the distorted guitar comes in and like this is a long ass song. So it's like, like seven minutes. Yeah, at least they're like taking it somewhere, and then like that moment comes in, and you're like, okay, we're getting somewhere, and then more backing vocals come in, and you're like. <laughs> Sing, take me to church, Christopher <laughs> but not, Evans. But not the Hosier song, like literally years before that. 
I think this is like this is this is where you, it simply must be stated that Girls was a duo of Christopher Owens being the main songwriter and Chet J.R. White, who died last October, rest in peace, as like the producer. And god damn if he did not produce the fuck out of the song. It's so good. Uh, and I don't want to cry my whole life through. I want to do some laughing too. So come on. Come on, come on, come on, and laugh with me. And I don't want to. Oh shit! Why is that so hard? It's and hard, right? To just do it. what? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think that actually, it's so funny that we're both struggling with this because, like, famously, 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 <laughs> leading up um, to this band, the, this band's second full length. I remember Christopher Owens like having like a public meltdown about his singing voice, where he like did like an interview. Where he was like, "I want Justin Bieber to sing on our new record because I don't want to do it." He's like, "I'm like reckoning with my real singing voice, and it's like really hard." And I'm like, "I have literally never related to an artist more <laughs> in that moment than when I was like, yes, I know that pain.'" Like singing in a fake voice is like comfortable and fun and like maybe can make you seem like a better performer. But like if you are really out to figure out like what your real voice is, it is a crazy struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like he famously said that this whole record's all fake voice. Yeah. So I mean that makes sense. It sounds I mean it it's not like it sounds fake, but like he's definitely like playing on the voices of other musical yeah you know i know like um like when when i was first absorbing this record i didn't even try to like pinpoint who it felt like because it's like whatever to me then but like now being like an adult like reading reviews where they like talk about comparing him to like elvis costello i'm like oh i never even thought about that but it is kind of like that yeah mixed with a bunch of other people yeah a ton of other timeless mega hit writing artists yeah um yeah, God, this song is just the song fucks. The song fucks. The song fucks. <laughs> the single art is so good too, of like the girl mm-hmm. like kneeling down with her hands in front of her or on her face, and it's like she's out of focus, but the background's in focus. I'm like, God, this is like an era too where I was obsessed with taking like analog like photographs right. like with my little film camera. Reading the I mean not reading, watching the videos for this album, I'm like, God, this was the age of what was that millimeter what was the app that was like very hipster camera hipstamatic yes yes it was that era no at no point in time in history has more film been sold than when this band was like popular (laughs) (laughs) oh fucking christ all right moving on from the hellhole rat race we're at track seven it's a song called a headache um i believe if if my memory serves me correctly, this was the first song that they recorded for this record together, I think. Um, and I think that that, I feel like I remember reading that at some point and like uh, Christopher Owens talking about like how like the fake voice is on fleek in this song because it was like, how do I sing? And he like hits these notes that are like low crooner notes. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. The song is gorgeous. Um very little joy vibes as in that like lo-fi chilling in hawaii (laughs) getting high mood um honestly i want this to be the song i dance to at my wedding 
at my oh if i ever get married becky i love that sentiment i mean it's just perfect lyrically it's like let's go let's just get away from here let's find a place under the stars let's be the people we want to be let's live like we could never part because i only want to be with you i only want to be with you all of the time like every time i hear you sing i love 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 you like perfect ugh. lyrics ugh. kill me this song is really sweet uh. I feel like all the pining that he's been doing lyrically leading up to this, it's like, okay, literally dating this man must be like heaven on earth. Like if Yo, he's gonna sing a song is that, like- Is that your cat? Oh, the jingling? Jesus Christ. It was like so constant throughout that whole sentence. I'm gonna have to have you like re-say that. <laughs> I don't know about that. You weren't, you're so used to it, but the entire time it was so, it was like, He's got an itch. He's scratching his ear. Okay, Tootie, repeat. are you okay? Tootie pipes. He just woke up from a nap. He's got an itch. He looks really cute. <laughs> He's just like continue going. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, are you okay? He looks sad. Um, all he's saying is that there's a lot of lyrical pining like leading up to this and a lot of like unrequited love vibes and like woe is me vibes but like not in an annoying way just you know woe is him vibes and like to like to have this kind of be like the love song it'd be like okay yeah dating this man's probably heavenly yeah he's gonna write a song this sweet about someone like for real like goals as fuck to have like a song written about you a love song written as if uh christopher owens wrote it yeah um I mean, the song just has such lovely sounds all around. I mean, it's so airy, atmospheric, fucking just lovely. It really is a love. It's a lovely love song. Yeah. I'm going to lovely say the song rocks. I, oh, it absolutely rocks. Um, I wonder why it's called Headache, though. Maybe he had a headache when he wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's like, I'm going to apply a lot of fake meaning to this, but maybe um, conjecture and slander and liable. um, But maybe he uh, he wants to feel this way about someone, but they're currently giving him a headache. Mm, Appropriate if I ever get married. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Track eight is a song called Summertime. Becca, do you think this song is shoegaze? No. This song, this song, and Morning, Morning Light, Light. They both feel like shoegaze songs to me. Morning Light more so, but no, I don't. I don't think of this song being shoegaze. You know when the shoegaze band writes one beautiful song that's not shoegaze? That's what this feels like to me. Mm. It has like it touches, especially towards the end when all the guitars are coming in. It feels like it feels like the shoegaze love song. That's not just about like being inept at parties or whatever. <laughs> whatever shoegaze artists write about. Um, this song is what made me sad for the past. I was like, man, just to like go back to the joy of actually having a summer and like looking forward to summer. Um and like hanging out with your friends at the beach and like going to parties and like 
getting high and drunk and just like only having to worry about like your shifts at work that week and whether yeah. you can like make it to work on time. <laughs> Becca, literally, I was going to say, do you remember like how much we used to go to the beach? We used to go to the beach all the time. I was like thinking this past summer, I went to the beach like maybe once and I didn't go in the water. And I was like, man, I used to always go in the water and now I never go in the water at the beach, which is just like crazy to think about. We used to go in the water all the time. And then like, yeah, famously, if this has to get edited out, like this is like the ultimate, like get too high, sleep in the movie theater parking lot song. <laughs> too <laughs> like, high you to know, drive. Too high to drive vibes where it's like literally, I, ho- I only have to drive five minutes down the road, but I'm literally too high to do it. I don't want to be, I don't want to endanger anyone. I'm just going to sleep in the movie theater parking lot. Yeah, and then that alarm went off and you were like, time to go to the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One parking lot to another. Oh, uh, Yeah, just like reminiscing on those days. It's like, wow, damn. I'm going to cry. I'm for real, though. I'm like, yeah, those were like, oh, um, <laughs> Those were like, uh, not like the peak times in my life, but like very much, you know, typical high school experience uh, that someone should have, even though I was deeply, deeply depressed. Those, those times made up for it. Yeah, I think that's like kind of like. I don't want to, like, say that that's, like, the point of it, but, like, I definitely view, like, that time in my life the same, where it's, like, it's not, like, there, it's not the best time, but, God, it was so fucking fun, and it was so easy, and it yeah. was not emotionally easy, but, like, it was easy in comparison to, like, the suffering I now know. Yeah. <laughs> All I think about is, like, life before having bills. <laughs> oh, my God, Becca. I, like, literally, I, I can't even, I can't All even... The- think about money right now. It's like that my favorite Cardi B tweet where someone was like, Cardi B, what should my senior quote be? And she was like, nothing lasts forever except bills. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Cardi B, if you're listening, please come on the pod. Oh my god. What album do you think she put? I was just gonna ask that. (laughs) Of our awful (laughs) blog rock list. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, she literally she picks the Garden State soundtrack and we have to pretend like we didn't just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sorry, Mallory, but Cardi's coming on the pod. Okay. Um what if she picked the suburbs? <laughs> okay. Um I think summertime. I don't even really have a lot to say that is not just waxing nostalgic like we just did for the past ten minutes. I love this song. I do think this is a beautiful shoegaze anthem. Um, I love this song. It rocks. Yeah, it rocks. Okay, that leads us to track nine, Lauren Marie. It's so funny. The two name songs on here are like my two closest friends out here that I hang out with, Laura and Lauren. And it gets really confusing and I like will call them the wrong name sometimes. Okay, I love that. That's so, that's a jinkies moment. I have to say real quick before we dive into this, this is the only song on this record that has a genius annotation from Christopher Owens. Yes! And as you could only assume, it is iconic. It is truly an iconic genius annotation. He literally, he's annotating the chorus 
and I'm going to read it so our viewers, don't, our listeners don't have to dig it up themselves. But he literally says about the chorus, he says, I was at my friend Kayla's birthday party and there was a very beautiful girl there. I asked Kayla who she was and she said, quote unquote, that's Lauren Marie. I didn't talk to her. I went home and wrote this song. We ended up hanging out later on. Funnily enough, the first time we hung out, she was like, quote unquote, do you want to go to the park and smoke a joint? <laughs> It's like literally poetry in motion. Yeah. I love that. And I love this song. I think it's, I think this song is like, it's like a kind of like a, a, one of the first self-referential moments on the record where he's like, he's basically referencing having been depressed about a relationship ending or some sort of breakup or any number of like maladies, but it's, it's cool. I love this song. Yeah. I mean... Jesus Christ, to be a person that is so beautiful that a person goes home after just <laughs> seeing you at a party and writing an entire song about you. What the fuck? I've done that for a lot of men that did not deserve it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it must be nice to be on the other end of it. Or maybe it's scary. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> only if, if it's like creepy um yeah i don't know uh talking about the size vibes. of your feet yeah if, only if i do it <laughs> uh i could make myself go crazy crying over time i've chased my broken over times i've chased my broken dreams but what is life without a dream? And even I know dreams can still come true. Oh, yeah. Ah, the lyrics in this ah. song are so good. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm headed somewhere and it's not my time to die. Mm-hmm. Take a look up, Laura, and the clouds make way for the sunshine. Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm never going to fix up and I might be crazy as we simultaneously again <laughs> jinx ourselves. But I really got it going on. Listen to me now. I'm singing you a new song. Literally, like, oh my God. Bury me with this record. I love this record. Mm-hmm. The soft dreams. The soft dreams, the soft drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, boingy guitar. I was like, what? Bong, bang, bong, bang. There's harp in this song. Beautiful yeah, harp. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. And some chime sounds, too. It's very good. Yeah. Lauren Marie is so good. It rocks. It absolutely, undoubtedly rocks ass and hold. Okay, track 11, Curls. We have a little instrumental ditty here. Um, I know the lore behind... Wait. Morning oh, Morning Light. Light, track 10. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Morning Light, the shoegaze fucking anthem. The song is... It's, like, funny to hear Christopher Owens um, dipping his toe into, like, aggressive rock. <laughs> I would... Um... Like, this song being called Morning Light, not just because that is in the lyrics. It looks, the visual I get from it is literally morning light. Yes, same as heaven and hell. It's like bluish, whitish, bright light. Lens flare. I just want to make like a lemonade for this album. (laughs) Like a a visual album equivalent (laughs) 
I mean, it, it's like it just paints this whole record paints like such amazing imagery. You don't really have to use like any stretch of the imagination to like see these songs, feel these songs, like know what these songs look like. It's very cool. I love that this is just two verses. Mm-hmm. It's very like Japan droids in this song. Yeah. It's good. It fucking rocks. I mean, it's the least, it's the most standout song as in like out of place, sort of, mm-hmm. but it still works. Oh, totally. It doesn't, this is like, this album is kind of like a couple different genres of rock all happening, but it, it it's very cohesive still, which is like something I'm always drawn to where it's like, I like when a band touches on like a couple different like feelings of rock music like the worst thing in the world to me is when a band releases an 11 song album where all the songs feel the same like that drives me crazy and like i definitely have tried to um do this myself in my projects and sometimes like things get labeled as like uncohesive but i'm like i don't it's not uncohesive like maybe i'm just maybe i suck at execution but like especially with this album it's like this all feels right it all gels so we're moving on to track 11 which i famously just tried to go to before this uh it's instrumental song called curls it's gorgeous we get western vibes here i mean we truly get it all on this album uh yeah i don't even this is one of those songs where i'm like what instruments are these like you know like the like main melody thing the like I think that's guitar. I would assume too, but it's like <laughs> it's like weird sounding. I don't feel stupid saying that it sounds weird. It's like cool. It kind of has like organy, like reedy tones. It's gorgeous. And then you get like the thing towards the end that's like like a, obviously some sort of like electric piano. I would only assume that kind of like takes over the melody as it like builds up. Maybe it's not electric piano. Maybe it's just more guitar. Maybe I don't know what guitar sounds like. I'm listening right now. Is it like lap steel or is it just regular guitar? It do you sounds think? Sounds like fucking guitar. Bye, Becca. <laughs> um, I think this song is gorgeous. I was while I was gonna say before Becca just gaslit me to fucking back. Um, I was just talking about how. I just feel like I'm being constantly gaslit. Becca confides in me off the pod that she feels like she's being constantly gaslit by someone in her life. And then she comes (laughs) on my podcast and gaslights me. I just think it's really funny that you're like, I'm not sure what instrument this is. I'm not confident. (laughs) Guitar sounds like a lot of different things. But to me, guitar doesn't always sound like this instrument. There's like, like Mellotron or something too. There's like some sort of like keyed instrument especially when the song like moves to its peak there. oh yeah 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 that's what oh my god yeah but i'm talking about like the main like before that part it's like boom boom ba boom ba doom boom boom like that is obviously guitar I'm yeah not but even though like idiot. pretty like like that's guitar okay yeah whatever all i was gonna say about the lore behind this is so i i think if memory serves me correct i didn't do a lot of research leading up to this episode of the pod because i was uh i was so deep i was so lost in the sauce with this band when this record came out it's like made such an impact on me um but i feel like i remember there's like a story about christopher owens trying to start a band with a a previous girlfriend and the band was going to be called curls and then i know i 
I, I, I love to say I know slash I, I, I know that I think is my favorite thing to say in the entire world. But I think that a couple of years ago, he released music as with a new band called Curls. Oh. which is just like such a cute thing to be like this is such a good band name i'm not gonna let it die <laughs> and i like 10 years later i'm gonna still use it yeah he's fun he's cool yeah this uh this song is lovely it feels like a goodbye song like i see someone moving out of their house and like it ends with them turning off the lights shutting yeah. the door <laughs> Yeah, it does. In a sitcom or a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think this song rocks. Yeah, it rocks. Okay, that brings us to our very last song, our closing track on the actual album. It's a song called Darling. I was feeling so sad and alone, but I found a friend in the song that I'm singing. Yes, yes, you did, Chris. This song is a song about music that is really still relatable and so cute. I love this song. I feel like I see Kermit the Frog singing this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It also is it's the end of the musical. Like, yeah, we is. come to the conclusion, like, man, I felt like I was going nowhere, then I found my way in the song I was singing. Wisdom has been acquired, and it was music all along. (laughs) Lay down and die, then I found my life in the song. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Listeners, she's basically running in place. She's doing a (laughs) jig of some sort that really just looks like cardio. It's coming straight. Next gif I'm going to (laughs) find. Becca skiing down a mountain. It's coming straight from my heart. She beats her heart. It's coming straight from my heart. Yeah. It's coming straight from my heart. Oh my God. A metal, a hardcore cover of this song. I can't let it go. <laughs> this song is so cute. Uh, yeah. I love that this man loves music. And back to uh, Pretty Girls Make Graves. Just like a song about loving music. Yeah. This is this album, Speakers Push the Air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think this is a really, like, I don't. I don't think this is a particularly epic way to go out, but I think that it works perfectly. I think if any other song closed this record, it'd still be fine, but I love that this is how it actually ends. Yeah. Um, perfect ending to this musical. I was going to say, Curls is like the closing scene. Darling plays over the credits. Mm-hmm. This is still playing in the cast. Holds hands and does their bow. Yes, yes, Um, yes. People throw flowers and roses on the stage. Couple people throw tomatoes, but you know, haters gonna hate. (laughs) Imagine being on stage and having a tomato. tomato. (laughs) I want someone to throw. I. This is gonna be like MGMT with the shoes. (laughs) Do you remember that? No. I, there's like a bit of them playing some huge festival where they're like, hey, uh, throw your left shoe at us. And then all these people start throwing shoes at them. Oh my God. No, thank it's like, you. it's going to be like that. Well, when shows start <laughs> happening again, and I get pelted with tomatoes, you bet I'm going to remember that shit. <laughs> and everyone's going to think that I'm being really rude. <laughs> <laughs> Little do they know I asked for this. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I get Taylor, kicked out. In our like, in our very first high school band, I remember Taylor. Taylor brought a bunch of frozen bananas to a show and threw them on the crowd <laughs> in like a role reversal. <laughs> sort of like this will be an epic prank, funny moment thing. <laughs> That's like a Winston in New Girl who, like, yeah. he thinks he he's such a good prankster, but then they find yeah. out he doesn't know how to do any pranks. Yeah. <laughs> like, real pranks. I think, think about that all, like, literally at my most associative, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was in a band once where our drummer threw frozen bananas on the ground. What the actual fuck, Taylor? Have you asked him about it since? Right, we've talked about it as like a funny anecdote because it's <laughs> literally so funny, but it's like so absurd. <laughs> oh my god! There was a show that we played at a skate shop that used to be on Oak Island, and the skate shop was called. <laughs> it's like literally it sounds like a Mad Lib. The skate shop was called Pain Inc. As in like Pain Incorporated. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad I've never experienced amnesia once in my life. Thank God I still have all these stupid memories. Uh, I'm crying. (laughs) I'm so glad. Oh, fucking Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, pain. <laughs> pain. <laughs> yes. Frozen through frozen bananas on the crowd at painting. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Like literally, there are kids that live in in this in this county in this town now that will never know that, and that saddens me because it's formative. <laughs> but they don't know that I died for their sins so many times over. Oh, but it's fine. <laughs> okay 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 uh let's reel it in for one we're so close to being done (laughs) okay listeners darling by girls rocks rocks okay is there becca is there anything you want to say about this record before we deliver a final verdict um no, I really just need to find out what TV show Lust for Life was on. Um, okay. What a great album. You know, even just, I do a lot of passive listening to this record. Like, I'll put it on if I'm cleaning or something. But it it still holds up if you actually, like, sit down and, like, really listen to it. And you're like, shit, fuck. And yeah. also just, like nostalgia nostalgia sad times good times yeah. still holds up still amazing fuck yeah christopher owens please write a memoir yeah we want to read it king um i think from a production standpoint i think from a songwriting standpoint obviously this is such amazing charismatic songwriting um from a production standpoint i think there's really gorgeous thorough production going on in all these songs that is um you know, without that, I don't think the record would be as iconic. I think the songs would still be amazing, but like obviously credit where credit is due, the production carries um 
a lot of weight in this project. It's very 50-50. Um, and I think uh, this is one of those bands that even like with this album, I followed all the B-sides and singles, uh, Solitude, Life in San Francisco, Oh Boy, all those songs are amazing. Um, I remember actively like waiting for the next installment of this band's discography and listening to the songs from Broken Dreams Club as they like premiered online, like even at your house, like listening to Substance, like at your house. Like it's like, I don't know. It's such a time and a place. It's so, it's such good and funny memories. Like it's just, wow, amazing record. I feel bad for kids that aren't like actively making memories to this record now because like it was so joyous for me to do it. Yeah, it's like, who else is gonna write a more relatable album i don't know especially yeah like i said this album is just like for millennials and like (laughs) it's our it's our anthem (laughs) it really did truly it's our we are the world yes oh slay god i love this record all right um if anyone wants to come on the pod and talk about the other two installments in this band's discography, reach out. Um, we've been asked to plug our email, which is it rocks or it sucks at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out about truly anything. You should put um, it also, on our Instagram. It's there's now there's a limit for how long an Instagram bio is. I tried to add it this morning and then was like, I just need to rewrite this. So I added it to the Twitter though. So um, but yeah. Um, thanks for listening. We didn't even do a, Oh, I was like, we haven't done final verdict yet, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just bye? <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't even. Okay, ready? Yeah. One, two, three. It, it rocks. I agree. It's really good. <laughs> and I don't want to die. Why? I still, those aren't the right notes. What the fuck are the and notes? And I don't want to die. Was that better? It's it like, what? Was that, that was bad. <laughs> no, but like, it doesn't sound right. And I don't want to die. And I don't want to die. I'm going to listen and try to sing along. Cause I don't want to cry. <laughs> My whole <clears throat> Yeah, I want to do some t- t- laughing too. <laughs> d- laughing. Oh my God, I'm dying to do some d- laughing. Come on, come on and laugh with me. And I don't want to die. He goes so deep, I can't. He really does. He has I'm- the... I don't want to die. Yeah, because it starts like, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to start right. like, wait, 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 hi. Because I don't want to die my whole life through. Yeah, I want to do some laughing too. You sound like the girl from Carmen. I don't know what that is. YouTube band that did covers of rap songs. I have no idea. Good. Okay, thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye! Oh, God. It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening, and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.